All right, so if you got your uh, paper that I gave you, basically what we're looking at tonight is the, the 1789 Thanksgiving Day Proclamation. And this is the very first Thanksgiving Day proclamation that was ever made by one of the leaders of our nation. You know, our nation was established in 1776. And so basically, with, this was just a few years after that, 1789, that a proclamation was given. Now, we know we talk about sometimes about the first Thanksgiving being at Plymouth Rock, where the, uh, uh, the um, pilgrims and the, the Indians sat down together and they celebrate over the harvest. And as far as I know, um, that, that is probably true, that there was a Thanksgiving celebration for the harvest. This, on the other hand, is just a little bit different. Um, this was something that when our nation would go through times of trouble, times of war, and, um, and they would see God abundantly bless them anyway, they would take that time to call the nation for a time of thanksgiving and a time of praise and a time of prayer. And it was a time to where they came together in union. And ultimately, I don't remember if it's this one, or the one that Abraham Lincoln put out in the 18, 1860s, or I believe it was, but whichever one it was, um, they called for them to meet together in the regular assemblies of worship. So the Thanksgiving Day used to be something to where the churches actually came together for a special day on Thursday of, of, no, of November the 26th on this one that we're going to study. But the churches came together for the purpose that we're going to read about tonight. And so we'll look through this at this proclamation and we'll see just a, a little bit about what the Thanksgiving Day actually was originally intended to be. So if you'll notice at the top of the page it says, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. So the first thing, he's fixing to lay out a list of duties that we have. All right. Now what, is it, what, what, is a, what does it mean when it is your duty to do something? It is an obligation. It is a responsibility. Uh, Webster defines it as a moral or legal obligation. So you have an obligation to do these things that our forefather is fixing to lay out for you. And the first thing he says you have an obligation to do, and not only that, but who, who has this obligation according to this? All nations. So who does that include? All people of the world. All right. We have an obligation to do this. And the first thing is we have an obligation to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. What is providence? Provision, okay? So, um, and it, it definitely has to do with provision. Absolutely, that's a big part of it. Anybody else want to take a shot at it? Okay, so um, so the the Majesty's provision, I could I could I could go along with that. Um, one way that it is defined, it's defined several different ways. They all mean the same thing. But one way it's defined is it is the manifestation of divine provision. So manifestation of divine provision. So in other words, whenever you see 
that God has provided for you. So it is provision, but it is a it is being providence is being able to see God's divine hand in your provision. So in other words, it's recognizing and acknowledging that God is the one that has provided what for you? Everything. So we have a obligation to acknowledge that God has provided everything that we have. There is nothing you have that God has not provided for you. There is nothing you have that you provided for yourself in any way. You say, well, I'm the one that gets up and goes to work every morning. Yeah, but who wakes you up? Whose breath do you use to get up and go? Whose strength do you use to get up and go? So ultimately, at the end of the day, it is all God's provision, no matter what it is you have, no matter what it is you do, if at any moment He decides that tomorrow you will be in a wheelchair, guess what? If at any moment He decides that tomorrow your brain won't work anymore, guess what? If at any moment He decides that you don't take your next breath, guess what? We are utterly and completely dependent upon Him for everything that we need and everything that we have. So we have an obligation to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Now ultimately, this is pretty much what we try to do every Sunday, every Wednesday, right? I mean, this is the reason why we gather together. This reason why we worship is because we understand that it is our obligation and our duty. Now there are plenty of scriptures to support this. Isaiah chapter 43, you don't have to turn there, but basically Isaiah 43 tells us that He created us for His glory, that He created us for His praise. It tells us that He called us, chose, chose us, and saved us for His praise. And so at the end of the day, everything that God does for us is so that we will praise Him for who He is. And I hear, I know automatically our minds go to, well, doesn't that make God conceited? Because God's all about Himself, and God's all about His praise. And is that true? Yeah. God is all about Himself, and God is all about His praise. But why is that not conceited? That's right. Because conceited is to have an elevated view of yourself. God's view of Himself is not elevated. God's view of Himself is right. You understand what I'm saying? God is worthy of praise. God deserves praise. This is the reason why God is not conceited. God is worthy. He is exactly who He says He is. He does exactly what He says He does. And so at no time should we ever think to ourselves when we have a duty to praise Him that we were created to praise Him. When we, when we learn that, at no time should we ever go, well, my goodness, that just sounds like God is just so conceited. No, God's not conceited. God is right. <laughs> he is right. And He deserves every praise. We would not be here were it not for God. If it were not for God, we would be completely hopeless. We would have nothing. We would be nothing. Everything we are, we owe it to Him. And so we have a duty to acknowledge. Yes, sir. Omnipotent. Yeah. Omniscient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Omnipresent. 
That's right. I mean, he is right to think exactly of himself how he thinks. And we are right to acknowledge that. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what George Washington started out with. He said, we have a duty to acknowledge that Almighty God is our provider of everything. Now, we, again, we try to do that. Next thing is, we have a duty to obey His will. And His will is that we give praise and thanks to Him. All right? Again, read Isaiah 43. It's why we were created. Read Psalm 150, verse 6. Read John chapter 4, verse 21 through 24. Read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Read Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I could go on and on. The Bible tells us very plainly that God's will for us is that we obey and praise and give Him thanks for who He is. And so we have a duty for this. And then we have a duty to be grateful for His benefits. To be grateful for His benefits. And then grateful, gratefulness should lead us to thankfulness, right? You know, we were studying in our small group uh, Friday night about the ten lepers. And you remember there were ten lepers, and what happened to the ten lepers? They were all healed, right? And every one of them turned back and gave God thanks for it, did they not? <laughs> one did. Does that mean that only one was grateful for his healing? No. The other nine were grateful too. But the only difference was the one's gratefulness turned to thanksgiving. And so he turned his gratefulness back to give thanks. The other ones were grateful. They were running to the temple to get, to get um, released by the priests so that they could go back to their families and they could be with their children. They were grateful. But their gratefulness did not lead to thanksgiving. And what we understand is we have a duty both to be grateful for his benefits and to Lead, let it lead us into thanksgiving. And then we also have a duty to humbly implore. What does it mean to implore something? To beg, to cry out for. Two wonderful definitions. Cry out for, beg, and to do this humbly. Why humbly? I mean, He made us. Don't we, don't we deserve it? <laughs> so we have a duty to humbly implore his protection and his favor. Now remember, this was written at a time when um, the nation was still getting started. It was still um, under great threat from Britain and from many other, many other things in the world. And so ultimately, he understood that we need to humbly implore God for his protection and his favor. How many of you know that we're only one decision away from being right back to not being protected and not having his favor? Wouldn't you say today that our government still needs to be prayed for, that we would have protection and we would have favor? So, again, this was the purpose for a Thanksgiving a day because these things are our duty. We need to acknowledge His providence. We need to obey His will to give Him thanks. We need to be grateful for all the benefits that He's given and be thankful for it. And we need to humbly implore that He would continue to protect us and bestow His favor upon us. So those are the duties that we have. Now let's keep reading. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me 
to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peacefully to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now see, we don't really understand this today because all we know for the most part is safety and happiness. For the most part, we get to live life however we want to live it. If you want to live it for God, you can. If you don't want to live it for God, you don't have to. See, they came from a place to where in this day and time, under the, under the, uh, the Roman Catholic regime, what happened to you if you didn't fall under their teaching? Many of them were. Many of them were killed. Many of them were burned at the stake. And religious persecution is a very, is a very serious event. Go to Iran today and look what happens in the Islamic faith if you profess Christ as your Savior. What happens to you? You are beheaded. You die. You know, we, for the most part, have lived in a nation that we can live life however we want. We can serve Whatever God we want to serve. Now I know for us Christians that's not ideal because again, I understand the, the way the Roman Catholics thought as far as we're trying to convert people to Christ, but Christ never came here to force people to convert to Him. Our job is to preach the gospel. Our God, job, yes, and we have this conflict, don't get me wrong, we have this conflict of on the one hand, we know that God will only bless a government that follows His ways, right? So on the one hand, we have a responsibility to vote in the hopes that our, our nation will be led as a Christian nation. On the other hand, we are to be thankful that we have religious freedom and that we are able to practice our religion and serve our God and give thanks to our God for all of His many, many blessings. But again, I think today we don't really understand that, do we? We, we? we do, but because we've never experienced any other persecution, um, we don't understand what it means to give thanks to God with grateful hearts, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. And this just goes back to the Declaration of Independence. That, that tells us that it is our inalienable right from God to pursue what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, this is, this is what we built our government around, is for people to have the right to pursue this. And so we were able to establish that, for the most part, and have a peaceable government that we can enjoy this safety and this happiness. And so our leaders felt like that ought to be something that we ought to stop and give thanks for, right? And I tend to agree with them. And so Thanksgiving Day was a day that because we have these duties to give Him thanks for all our blessings, that we ought to especially give Him thanks to be able to live in a nation like we live. Even as bad as we think it is sometimes. And how many of you think it's terrible from time to time? And yet still... You are free to come here tonight, or you are free to stay at home. That's pretty nice, ain't it? You are free 
to worship and serve the God whom you serve. And so that is something to be very grateful and thankful for. And I think that that's definitely something we should keep in mind. As we gather with our families tomorrow, keep in mind that one of the things they were called to do was gather together as a church and to give thanks for the fact that we have a form of government that we are able to enjoy safety and happiness, especially free from religious persecution. And then keep going with me. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. I love the fact that our forefathers understood the sovereignty of God, the absolute providence of God, things that we don't really understand anymore. I use those words in today's church and people come to me afterwards and go, what's sovereignty? What's providence? And I'm not trying to demean anybody. I'm just saying that we have such a, a smaller understanding of who God is than what ours before. We're, we have not become a smarter nation. We think we have. Technology-wise, maybe. Knowledge-wise, dumber. We have dumbed down. But he says that he's recommended that, that we be devoted to this great, to the service of this great and glorious being, the beneficent author of all that is good, all the good that was, that is, or that will be. And that we may then all unite. So again, he's, Thanksgiving Day was for what purpose? For the people of God to unite in rendering unto Him our sincere and humble thanks. And then we're going to see all the things that we're giving Him sincere and humble thanks for. And you can write a number out beside of each one of them. Everywhere that you see a four in front of it after this is what we give sincere and humble thanks for. But again, the purpose was that we unite as a church. And this is one reason why I didn't cancel services tonight. Now, don't get me wrong. We do this every Sunday morning. You know, I'm not saying that if somebody didn't come to church tonight that they were some great sinner. That, that is, that's a lie. There's nothing to that. I am saying that the purpose of why a Thanksgiving Day was given was so that we would unite as a church and do these things specifically for our government and for what God has blessed us with here in this nation. And I think that's a pretty important thing. So let's see the first thing that we're supposed to unite and render sincere and humble thanks for. The first thing is for His kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. So at this time, he's talking about the way he cared for the, for the people and allowed, because how many of you know that a, a lot of them shouldn't have survived? They came over here not knowing how to survive in this nation. Um, if it weren't for the Native Americans that, that helped them, from my understanding, they wouldn't have survived. Now that's just what I have been taught. But still, the fact of the matter is this. They recognized that God had given them kind care and protection of all the people of the country. Now, how does that apply to us today? There you go. He's still protecting us as a nation. 
He's still allowing us to go on as a nation, even though many do not follow Him. Even though many reject His ways, and day after day we're turning further and further away from His ways, and yet He still is protecting us as a nation. He is still blessing us with kind care, day after day after day. And you know, that's something to be thankful for, because guess what? Those pilgrims didn't deserve it. You think they were any less sinners than you and I? No. We're all, the Bible says there's none good. No, not one. See, we tend to look at somebody in the community like the Amish community, and we go, wow, they are, they're really holy. Do you, do you understand that they are sinners just like you and me? Do you understand that God does not look at their lifestyle and go, wow, they're righteous. Look at, look at what they do. and look at, Do you realize that Isaiah said your good deeds are like what before God? <laughs> Filthy rags. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I don't care how good your works are. I don't care what you abstain from. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The pilgrims did not deserve God's protection and care any more than you and I deserve it today. But He still gives it. He still gives it. And there is reason for us to give thanks to God for continuing to, to care for us as a country, to protect us as a country. So that's number one. Next thing. For the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of His providence. So let's first off take this one at a time. The signal and manifold mercies. What are, what are um, mercies? That's grace. Mercy. What's the difference in mercy and grace? Mercy holds back what you deserve. So at the end of the day, what does this nation deserve? How many times have we deserved as a nation for God to wipe us off the face of the earth? And yet, here we are. Is that not amazing? When you go back and you read the Old Testament and see that uh, God wiped people out so that they are no more today at all. Never to be, never to be um, seen again. And yet, He gives us His mercy day after day. And He calls this signal and manifold mercies. Manifold simply meaning many, many mercies that He shows us day after day, especially as a nation. And then it goes, and to keep in mind, nations are made up of people, right? And so when He talks about the nation, He's also talking about individuals too. He just lumps all the individuals together. But he says here, and the favorable interpositions of his providence. And that interpositions means interfering on our behalf. So what you're seeing here is both his mercy and his grace. On the one hand, we deserve his destruction. On the other hand, he gives us his grace. So on the one hand, He holds back what we deserve. And on the other hand, He gives us what we don't deserve. And that's exactly what this is trying to get across right here. That the reason why we are to give Him thanks, as especially because of our nation that we live in, the government that He's blessed us with, is because 
God holds back what we deserve in this nation and He continues to give us what we don't deserve. And for that, you ought to thank Him. For that, you ought to give Him thanks. All right, keep going with me. And, he says, which we have experienced in the course and the conclusion of the late war. So again, they have experienced God holding back what they deserved in that late war because they didn't deserve to, we didn't deserve to be freed from British reign. We weren't some special people from anybody else in the world, but for whatever reason, God held back His wrath on us and He graced us with what we don't deserve, allowing us to live in the nation that we live in. And this forefather, George Washington, recognized that, that the only reason we have what we have today is because God blessed us with it. God did it. And He did it by showing us mercy and giving us grace. And for that, we ought to render, hum, render humble and sincere thanks to Him. And then next, he says here, for, here's the next reason we give Him humble and sincere thanks, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed. Somebody break it down for me. As a nation, what kind of tranquility have we experienced? Hmm? We have peace on our shores. If there is war, where is it at? Somewhere else. We have not really um, had to experience war on our own. So, well, no, not, not really. We, I don't think that I, we have ever experienced war on our, own soul, so, on our own soil that I know of. Now, am I missing something here? The Civil War, right, that's right. But I mean, when I say we, I'm talking about you and I in today's terms. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. And this would have been pre-Civil War. That's the reason why it's interesting to go back after this and look up Lincoln's proclamation of thanksgiving because he did it right after or actually just just toward the end of the civil war so that's interesting to see his take on this too that's exactly right he's thinking back on the revolutionary war that's correct yep and then so he says we have experienced tranquility that we are to give thanks for a great degree of tranquility that we are to give thanks for we have experienced union and so at this day and time, they had experienced um, a unity between the states that God had granted them with. Now, unfortunately, I think we have begun to see that kind of dismantle. But even still, for right now, we still have it. <laughs> now, I'm not saying civil war ain't on the brink, but right now, we do still have a sense of a great degree of union and plenty, plenty. Now, I think that's definitely something we can agree with today, right? We have experienced a great degree of plenty. I don't know about you, but for the most part, I have never had to figure out um, how am I going to feed my kid their next meal, for the most part. I know I've had hard times, and you've had hard times. But for the most part, we've had somewhere to turn, somebody to go to, somewhere that has helped so that we have never really had to experience and know what it really means to go without. Um, not to the degree that many others have to do. 
Now you go to Guatemala with me and you sit at a, at a mother's hut that, how many children does she have? Seven children. And she's storing up molded tortillas, trying to portion them out as much as she can because that's the only way they're going to make it through the winter till the har- to the, to, to they can harvest some more. You know, that's, that's what it means here when it says that we have experienced a great deal, a great degree of plenty. Uh, we, we, we do okay, and God has been very good to us. Which we have sent, I'm sorry, am, am I on the right place? Yeah, which we have since enjoyed. And so we give Him thanks for the great degree of peace that we experience, the great degree of union we experience, and the great degree of plenty that we have since been able to enjoy. And then the next thing, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, and I would assume he's talking about the Declaration of Independence there. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I would think that's what he's talking about. But still, being able to experience a peaceable and, um, and rational manner of, of establishing these constitutions of government is, is very important to him. And then next he says, For the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed. And again, I think we've covered that here already, but what is civil liberty? Hmm? Our individual freedoms. Our right to work where we want, um, quit when we want to quit, um, uh, go where we want to go, do what we want to do, buy what we want to buy, have as many kids as we want to have, right? There are places in the world you can't do that. And then, not only civil liberty, but religious liberty. Again, when was the last time you wanted to get up on a Sunday morning to go to church and somebody said, if you do, I'll kill you? If you do, you can do it. You can do it, but you'll die. For the most part, I don't think any of us in here have really ever had to experience that. And so civil liberty and religious liberty is definitely something we ought to give thanks for. And until, unfortunately, until we have experienced the lack of either one of these, it's hard for us to really feel a great sense of gratitude for what it means. So it's something that I think we should at least, with whatever capacity God gives us, acknowledge that we have it and give thanks for it. And then he goes on, he says, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge. What does that mean? That's exactly right. You can get whatever education you want in this, in this nation you live in. If you want to go to school to be an engineer, you can do that. If you want to be a diesel mechanic, you can do that. If you want to be a preacher, you can do that. If you want to be a water treatment operator, you can do that. If you want to be a bus driver, Tim, you can do that. You may not want to do it anymore, Donnie, but <laughs> but if you want to, you can do that. You can retain, you can, you can acquire any knowledge and you can diffuse that knowledge in, in, in any way, shape, or form that is helpful for society. And then, and in general, 
for all the great and various favors which He hath been pleased to confer upon us. And so there again, all I think, uh, you tell me, what do you hear our forefathers telling us? What is Thanksgiving Day for? That's exactly right, for counting our blessings. And especially counting them when it comes to the nation we get to live in, the freedoms we get to enjoy, the, um, the mercies that we have experienced, the grace that we've experienced from Him. And so, you know, I, I really think that, unfortunately, we, we lose the meaning of holidays, and we know that. We lose the meaning of it, and we turn these things into a weekend off to be able to gather together as our, as our family. And is there, now, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with gathering together with our family, because we can gather together with our family and still do this, can we not? But I think it's important tonight that at least you and I come together and understand that this was the original purpose. And so hopefully, maybe it's in your prayer, maybe it's in your uh, speech before the meal or, or something. Maybe you can take a little time to stop and give thanks for these particular things. Give thanks that even though we live in a nation that, yes, we can see so many negative things about it, that we still have so much to be thankful for, that God is still showing us mercy every day and God is still giving us grace every day and we still have great civil and religious liberties to be thankful for. And He has blessed us with the ability to be able to be educated and to, and to share that education. And look at, look at the world you get to live in today because of that. Anybody got a cell phone in their pocket right now? I mean, those things come because we live in a nation that we're able to utilize knowledge and we're able to disperse that among others and diffuse it as we see fit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's and that's exactly what I'm saying is that we we tend human beings tend to lose focus of what what the actual holiday was for. We tend to lose and and sometimes we need to be refocused and recentered. And that's what I was hoping to do tonight is to just bring some attention back to what it was that this, this holiday was originally designed to do. And hopefully, if nothing else, this little group right here can go into tomorrow thinking about these things and giving God thanks for them together with your families or wherever it is that you celebrate with. You know, you, you should be able to to take these things into account. And then just ask yourself the question, are these things to be thankful for? You know, if... if
ไหมอือฮึ That's right. And that's the reason I said this is really focused toward a nation, and a nation doing this together. So tomorrow, yes, it is about all of our all of our blessings personally, but it really is looking at a little bit bigger picture too, and really looking at what we get to experience as a nation, and the things that we get to enjoy, um, and the things that God has held His wrath back from. And given us His grace on day after day, His protection and His favor, and all of these things. So, um, if you keep reading with me, I'm to the part to where it says, um, "I'll reread this part." It says, "And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering." I'm sorry, I didn't read that yet, did I? Okay, that's where I was. And also that we may then unite. In most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of the nations, and beseech Him, and here's the next part of what we're praying for, to beseech Him to pardon our national and other transgressions. Would you say that's a good thing to do right now? You know, tomorrow somewhere in our prayers, I think there ought to be a prayer that God Forgive us for how we are turning away from you as a nation. Forgive us for uh, for killing our children. Forgive us for um, uh, for the ex- being so approving of sinful lifestyles that you uh, blatantly tell us are 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 not approved by you, are an abomination to you. And so I think that th- again, that's a very good thing to be reminded is that. We need to pray that God would pardon our our national and other transgressions, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relatively and relative duties properly and punctually. What does that mean? Do I? Yes, right. And what are we doing here? Whatever our, whatever our duties are, it may be your job, it may be your religious activities, it may be whatever it is. But ultimately, we are. Let me read that again. Rendering. No, I'm sorry. I lost my place. Enable us, whether in private or whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, and. To render our national government a blessing to all people. Now, here's where we're going to get into really praying for our government. All right, and what are we going to pray for our government? Well, let's look at what it says next. So, here's how our government is going to be a blessing to all people: by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws. So, what are we praying for our government? And and follow the constitutional laws that our forefathers have laid out. You know that's for another reason why. Yes, it is important that we fight for our constitution, that we make sure that our constitutional rights are 
are fought for and they are observed. You know, we're praying that God would allow us to continue in these things because these constitutional rights is what frees us to live godly lives here in the United States of America. And so we're praying for that, that particular thing. And then he says next, he says, um, also discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed. So we're also praying that the people of our nation would discreetly and faithfully execute these laws and obey them. Whether you're talking about the leaders or whether you're talking about the people who, uh, as we all follow them. But we want to make sure that we're a nation that discreetly and faithfully executes and obeys these laws. And we want to pray that He would protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness unto us. So it's another time that He calls us to pray for all of our fellow nations of the world, especially ones that have shown kindness to us or allies that we have, and to bless them with good government, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. So we want to be able to promote the knowledge of practice of true religion and virtue, and we want to increase the science among them and us. Now why were those two things put together there? Did religion and science always go together? It was always thought that religion and science were enemies, right? Matter of fact, for many years um, in, in the Christian church, science was the enemy. And yet here our forefathers recognized that both religion and science actually go hand in hand because the truth of the matter is it is science that proves the existence of God. It is science that shows us more and more of the glory of God. And so he says here that we want the knowledge and the practice of true religion and virtue to increase, and we want the increase of science among them and us. And talking about our sovereign nations around us and our nation. And generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. What does that mean? What are we praying for? What are we humbly asking God for right there? <laughs> I like it. Temporal prosperity, as he alone knows to be best. You know, we don't, we don't like this, but... There's a reason why um, he, He's given me what He's given me. There's a reason why He's blessed me with what He's blessed me with. And there's a reason why He hasn't blessed me with what He hasn't blessed me with. He alone knows best for each individual as far as temporal... Uh, am I pronouncing that right? Temporal? Uh, temporal? Temporal maybe? As, um, as far as temporal prosperity um, has to do with anything, He alone knows what is best. And so we pray, God, if you would bless us with um, temporary prosperity, then God bless us with it. 
but you alone know best. And if you see fit that we don't have but this much, then so be it. We, we trust you. We will be thankful for what we do have, and we will give you the praise and the glory for it. And so that's the way that George Washington ends this day of this proclamation of Thanksgiving Day. And so my, my hope is that we would, when you go back to the top, that we would obey, we would be grateful, we would humbly implore Him, and that we would do it by requesting these particular things, that we would do it by, by requesting His kind care and protection of the people of this country, that we would give Him sincere and humble thanks for the manifold mercies and the grace that He gives us as a nation, that He would be given thanks for the degree of tranquility that we get to experience, the union and the plenty that we have enjoyed as a nation, that we would give Him thanks for the, the peaceable and rational manner in which He's enabled us to have the Constitution that we live under and the government of safety and happiness that it provides for us, and that we would recognize our civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, that we would give Him thanks for the ability to be able to acquire knowledge and use this knowledge however we see fit, that we would be able to um, give Him thanks for all the great and various favors which He has been pleased to confer upon us, and then ultimately that we would pray for our nations around us, that we would pray that our nation would be a nation of wise, just, and, and holy laws, that we would execute them and follow them faithfully, and that we would just ask Him that if He would continue to bless us with whatever level of temporary prosperity that He sees fit, that He would do so, and we would give Him the thanks for it all. That's what the Thanksgiving Day was about, and it was about for us to come together as churches and do this together.